Welcome to the 1878 FM podcast. It is episode seven. We have got a full compliment again this week. The Bushmaster General failed a late fitness test last week. Luckily for us, it was only a slight discomfort in the back. He's had treatment and he's back amongst us today. So, Mr. Hey. Bush, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I've just, uh, my back still hurts. Sorry to be off last week, but uh, I bought some CBD oil. My back. Ooh, that, does that make me like a stoner? Do I have to start wearing a? Take no, you it's all it's all it's all street legal. That's these days. Yeah, got like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I might start wearing tie dye or something like that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you could, smoke, I think you could carry that off. Thanks, guys. That Sorry, feels though. like a that feels like a generalisation, doesn't it? Tie dye. You know, um, not not sure the kids in Liverpool are wearing tie dye. <laughs> take CBD <laughs> oil or. Other versions of it that probably are. versions of it. It's a strange one that it seems like it's come from nowhere, doesn't it? And 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 like it's always been legal, and it's, you you know, and now you can get gummies and yeah, people, yeah, they give them yeah. out on planes, don't they? You, do they? You can do yeah, that. apparently yeah, for to calm, to calm yeah. you down. But they don't give them to the pilot. Oh. I just think it's really <laughs> strange. You, you, you've got something that was at one point in recent history kind of seemingly contraband and not socially acceptable, and now they sell it in Holland Barrett. I know. That's progress. progress. What is more, you know, nothing says socially acceptable now than Holland Holland and Barrett. And four times the price of normal. Other stores are available, I'm quite sure. Holland and Barrett prices are competitive. When we were in Washington, they had the real real deal was legal, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And and, and surely they can make a version of it that doesn't stink. That's the one. Because the whole of Washington just stunk stunk of weed. Yeah. It should like, be like you know, strawberry flavoured or something. something yeah, like, like, va- like vapes. Like yeah, vapes, yeah, yeah, you know, like yeah. they must be able to put, but then again, that's going against the supposed the natural elements of it, isn't it? It's now worse though being on a train. Mm. You get someone gets on who's obviously had a bit of it mm. and it just stinks, doesn't yeah. it? It's just, that's hot. I cut and lift my handbag like Vic Reeves on Shooting Stars. <laughs> <laughs> whenever that happens. When yeah, I yeah, uh, when I worked on as a taxi driver, people would get into the car just reeking of it, just on their clothes and everything. And it was just, oh, it was just hot. And then your car would stink, and then people would get in and give you a little bit of side dye. Yeah, as in, yeah. like, what have you been up to? And it was horrible. See, the problem? Horrible. The problem. And they didn't wash either. So these smells of weed and feet. That's how I describe large <laughs> areas combination. Of, of deprived areas in Liverpool, of just smelling like weed and feet. The problem mm. is, as well, is that it, stink, it does stink. It's disgusting, isn't it? But you don't even get any benefits of that. It's not as if, no. like... They're getting in your ca- your taxi and these things, but you're getting a little bit of, oh, a, bit of a, a little bit mellow yeah. here. This is mm. really I don't bizarre. think that's the best way to feel in a twelve hour shift. No, while no, but around. just taking the edge off. Rather like CBD does. Okay, CBD okay. doesn't doesn't make you you know okay. not. I don't know. I've not. I've not had any. I've not had any. I've had some CBD. I must admit, I haven't tried it yet. It's nice. It just chills. It just chills. Maybe next next episode we could all drop a. Shall we? No, I've genuinely. I've got some downstairs. I got sent like a free packet, but I've never tried it. Maybe next week is when we should try it. Just all try it as pets air frying. What about that? We should do air frying on on CBD. Can you air fry CBD? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You could make put my air fryer through that. No, but you could make us a snack with CBD. No. Oh, it doesn't no, have the. No, it doesn't it's have the quite. I mean, I've, I've seen the hairy bikers do an episode where they were in California, and actually they went to a restaurant that specialised entirely in uh, edible marijuana, for want of a better thing, and they mm. had gear and all sorts of stuff, you know. So yeah. maybe, maybe the the air frying of the uh, of the CBD capsules is the way forward. Maybe that's the way or, forward. Or, you, uh, that could be to go back to the, the very first episode, Dave. What about a um, you know, 
uh, a marijuana pasty. Mm. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I could do your CBD toast if you want. In my, in, my, in my George Foreman lean grilling mm. machine. No, nah, that's that's old hat. We could open a cafe called Amsterdam Air Fryer and just just oh, see yeah, what happens. Know. Just run with so it. Good. Just go just with run it. Run with it. Literally, yeah. chip pan fire, <laughs> kitchen fire every week due to uh, not, not being on the ball. <laughs> due to not being full. You know, Sorry. That was that was the only time I've ever had any kind of experience of this world actually, because my sister used to live in Amsterdam, and so it was like an easy, cheap weekend away. And I went over with my missus at the time, and, and my sister took us to some coffee shop and, and gave us some stuff which was perfectly legal over there, which yep. was perfectly not legal where we live. <laughs> yeah. And it was like every stereotype. It's the first and only time in my life where it's actually kind of gone well or right in so much as I just spent an hour walking around Amsterdam just giggling and eating individual slices of pizza and burgers and just general munchy stuff and then nearly got run over by a trolley bus. I'll be honest, I've been to Amsterdam twice and I haven't had any kind of substance and those things all happen to me as well. So, so you know, there you go. There you go. Mm. With Interesting. or without substance. What a place. Right, let's move on yeah. to footy. We will come back to it. I don't want to move on to I don't footy. really, but let's skate over it. Let's go straight now. to the red light district and forget uh, about football. Uh, yeah. <laughs> CBD and the red light district with munchies. <laughs> um, and that's a better podcast, I think, today. But let's yeah. quickly skate over Saturday night. Um, Dave, we discussed last week that it was going to be a tough game mm. um, remembering and shivering at the, the thoughts of the 5-0 only a few mm. months ago there and and Everton ultimately didn't lose 5-0 which was good uh, there was some slight improvements but it was still a case of Roper Dope which we discussed the other week really they, yeah. they kind of drew us in and, and kept us at arm's length and comfortably won the game in the end yeah, I mean, listen, we said last week that I didn't fancy us uh, at the weekend mm. and, and actually Everton didn't disappoint in that respect. Um, however, I have to say that it goes down for me to be all about those first two chances yeah. that were not put away. Uh, yeah. The Damari Gray one, which does, to be fair to him, clearly bobble up before he strikes the ball and that's why he skies it. Um, the Onana one, he should have got it between the sticks, definitely, you know, one way or the other. Um, and I think that if one of those two go in, it's a different if it's a different situation, you know. Mm. But they didn't, um, and you know the old age old thing with Everton have ruined the chances, and they did very much. But I mean, listen, on the balance of the ninety minutes, Spurs were the better side. We knew that they would yeah. be beforehand, and and they they were. Um, and I don't think we can have any complaints, to be honest with you, Andy. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, the, the one thing that I, I was impressed with, though, if you're looking for these kind of small uh, little nuggets uh, as we type of recover mm-hmm. as a football team, which I think what we're, what we're doing is a season of kind of recovery, mm. is that w- once the second one went in, because it was the typical Everton pattern, wasn't it? Bit of dominance, miss a couple of sitters. You can see it's coming. Spurs are the, are the masters of the dark arts of sitting back and drawing you onto. You know, you know, you know how the second yeah. half was going to go. Yeah. Um, what? Well, I, it wasn't a penalty, as far as I'm concerned. No, I didn't think it was either. It's on his brill cream. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and then it was just a mistake. It was a Tukowski mistake to for the second as well. But the, the key thing for me was that uh, we just didn't collapse then. Which last season mm. we'd have collapsed, and it had been four, five, whatever. Mm. And that they don't. I, I feel like they have more resilience to them, and kind of not stayed in the game, but. We, we kind of weirdly had a, almost a kind of composed finish. So I know we didn't mm. get anywhere near them in the second half, but we didn't absolutely all start arguing with each other and, and give up, which is what an Everton team last season 
would have done. So mm-hmm. I think it can take some positives out of it. We, we you know, we definitely, as Dave said, were soundly beaten. But mm. I think in in these little steps towards being a better Everton, I feel like there, there is some positives to gain from it a little bit. Paddy, you've got to score, then, or if the targets have. Yeah, I disagree with Dave. I think I think Damari Gray is woeful. Like yeah. I don't care if it's a bobble or not. I think that's area. I think that's woeful. Mm. Um, it does bobble up though. It does, but he's a professional footballer. Come no, on, okay, maybe okay, for me okay. and you, Dave, that would have been different. But mm-hmm. but for, as a professional footballer, I expect him to do a lot better. You should and, yeah, the same as well. The the two people, two players, not really in fully control of the situation, mm. and that's where Everton have got to improve. And it's it's. Uh, same like this. Same what Andy said there. It's a case of it's little, little small steps mm. that I that, that you can see, but it it doesn't half make it frustrating when you actually do get opportunities. And there are like we've said this a million times. You see other teams get results in games where mm. they take those chances. You mm. know, yeah. Teams have been to Anfield and teams have been to. Old Trafford and the Emirates and and Eti, the Etihad mm. and they they take those chances and and you, you, it's very easy to go well if we'd scored they would have come back but you ne- you never know you've got to you've got to take your chances yeah, haven't yeah, you yeah. and to have no shots on target mm. I think is abysmal yeah. and as far one as well ta- one as, on target in the last two games yeah as for well as we wow. played in terms of stopping Spurs doing what they do that's abysmal that's mm. like you know and 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 I know. It is a massive improvement, but having no shots on target is an improvement for me. No. And that's where the forwards have got to get better. And, yeah. and that's where I think Frank Lampard's got to get better. He's got to have something else than just sit back and soak up pressure. That's great. Do you know what? The best teams in the world did that. Conte's done that for years. Mm. Mourinho's done that for years. But you can't do anything if you don't have something at the other end. Yeah. And that's what mm. we're really struggling at the if, moment. If we, had, if we had a... I'll just use Lukaku as just an example because he's never mm-hmm. striker who has been prolific in the last 10 years. Someone like him, and mm-hmm. you're thinking, we're, we're going to draw you in because yeah. we're comfortable at defending. But when we actually counter attack, we've got a lad who can stick it in the net. Yeah. And I think as well, because we don't change. have that, because mm-hmm. we don't have that, when those chances do come along, and they're not going to come along very often, yeah. as you say, in mm-hmm. both the case of Gray and Onana, you've got to be doing something properly yeah. with it because it's not like, oh, we've gone and screwed those up, but there'll be another six along, you know, in yeah. the second half. It doesn't work like that. Is, is there a, and Andy did make the point, and I think he's right, actually, is that this season, do we just have to accept that this is almost, and when I say rebuilding, because there is a rebuild, there's yeah. totally different players mm-hmm. in the team, but rebuilding, like Andy said, I guess, the the confidence and rebuilding Everton as a team is that there are going to be these these moments, I think, this season where we lose three games on the run. I think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I've got to try to eradicate that. It can't happen regularly. It's going to happen this week, isn't it, I think? Well, yeah. we'll see. Well, it's up to us to make sure it doesn't, but the thing about it is, we might have to go through this pain this season as long as we stay, as long as we're not in any kind of trouble. And the manager's done a press conference today and alluded to this as well, is that like this season is about almost creating the foundations for next season, but yeah. we still need results with that. Don't we? <laughs> I was going to say, it's great saying we're going to build foundations and, and everything, but you actually have to win points, you have to score goals. You don't do that side of things, you won't be in the league. Yeah. And I genuinely mean that. Mm. It's great being able to say we're, we're a lot better defensive, but if we can't put the ball in the back of the net, mm. then we're going to really struggle. And the player... I, I, the Saturday was the uh, only the second time no, we no, haven't scored. No, I know, but how many season. goals have we scored this season? Eight. 
eight. That's in woeful. No, and I and I, well, I am, Harland's I am one person who, I am someone who doesn't think Dominic Cavalloon's coming back. I really don't. I don't think no, Dominic Cavalloon's ever think... coming back as no. as anywhere near that player. But okay. does it does this not does this not then put us back to you know? And sorry to kind of keep harping on about it, but the conversation that we had in terms of the inability to get that other striker in addition yeah. to Neil Mope, who mm-hmm. isn't really a prolific striker anyway, no. right? And we didn't do that, and now we find ourselves in this problem because I'm with you, Ped. Is I don't think that Dominic Calvert Lewin is ever coming back to being anywhere near what we thought he could potentially be. Uh, see, I mean, it makes me sad to say that about Dom, but I just, I just don't think when I hear things like the manager say, we've got to be very careful and and oh, how he's not training all the time. I just think, what's going on? What is going on with him? You know, and I, if if there's other issues bar football, that's fine. But that's why I don't think he's ever going to come back. And I think you're absolutely right, Dave. <laughs> Malpai is nowhere near good enough for Everton to be playing on his own. He's just not. That's a fact. He's good enough to play maybe a split striker. And I think that's yeah, where not they, a long that's, I think that's where they got the recruitments wrong. And we said this, we said this on deadline day. So it's nothing new. Mm. On deadline day, we sat here and we watched yep. the, the clock tick by, and we were like, "We're missing one. We're missing a player." Mm. And it, we've got to be. We've that yeah. that makes it doubly hard. And we've seen that on Saturday. But listen, there's a lot of other points out there. That, you know, you've got to play. You've played thirteen other teams mm-hmm. exactly, twice. Yeah. There's a lot of points to mm. take, and I think Everton just got to grow. Um, but but saying when they said there about you know about maybe three three lo- losses in a row, Newcastle actually is a place where we've got to go and sort of puff out our chest a little bit. Gotcha. So and and those games like Palace coming up and Leicester and Fulham, we've got to go in those win. games and re- and really have a go. Mm. And that I suppose it's not out of pressure, I, I suppose, but but that that's what that's what it got to happen. Yeah, Andy. But I think this this is probably going to be the, the game plan. I I think this season is going to be try and stay within touching distance and not get humiliated against the bigger teams mm-hmm. and pick off the, but not expect to win, yeah. but then try and put away teams like no, no offense to like palace or Fulham or Leicester or whatever. I think he's going to have to just like suck it up against you. Know, like you say, uh, against Man United, quality, uh, yeah. Tottenham, even though we were kind of in the game, lose mm-hmm. them, but then try and make sure we beat the, the teams that are a bit more uh, sadly at our level or below. And mm-hmm. uh, that's where it's going to be. Cause I don't really see us, turning over any of the top six really at all in a million years mm. i think we lose tomorrow night and i think i think saturday then becomes a massive game because that will be three on the bounce and saturday has to be a hard fought reset against mm. palace to then set us up for Fulham away yeah and yeah. then leicester with a bit of momentum will do them as well that's what i fear yeah. feel yeah and uh, i call that i could... do worry though because i'm i'm uh, sorry, I'm 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 going to the game, uh, the Palace game on Saturday. Oh, that's, thinking... that's 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 this you bloody jinxed it now. <laughs> no, but it's, my dad. My dad is an albatross. My dad's a terrible footballing albatross. Obviously, he's a lifelong Evertonian. He got me into Everton when, when I was a kid and everything. But uh, he's coming with me as well, and I, I am concerned. I don't know if anyone who listens to this podcast knows any like shaman or people who do kind of uh, cleansing. You know, he's a good. Or, I, Something like that, just like it's the holy water or something. Or CBD oil. oil. The CBD oil. <laughs> CBD oil. That's and what we need. and knock them out. The coming to the Premier Night, I believe, yeah. cleanses it. That's can what you, I've heard. Can you imagine Friday like, night? Bring your you dad. Don't 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 send, don't send your dad up like Mister G before he goes in. It'd be like, uh, do you remember when Jim Robinson ate magic mushrooms on Neighbours? Really, episode earlier episode of Neighbours. Jim Robinson and Doug Doug Willis. Doug Willis. Magic, magic mushrooms. It'd be like that. Yeah, be the fellow with the Ute, Doug Willis. I think right. Doug had a, had a Ute. Yeah, Doug Doug, oh, everyone had a Ute. Yeah, yeah, Doug was the man. 
Don't Jim Robinson ended up having a fantastic um, film career. He did. He? he ended up being in yeah. all kinds. Yeah. In America, he was, he was in the big Avengers. star in America. Twenty four. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was in twenty four. He had a fantastic yeah. movie career in the end. Brilliant. Fair play. I, I tell you something really weird. My brother, my brother Simon, had uh, a VHS cassette with he would record all the the neighbors deaths on it it was like a death tape so <laughs> okay stuff on there but didn't he and didn't he have a heart attack in the kitchen but actually fall into the ages. lounge yeah but like, didn't he actually moved across he the did set. 10 minutes i think it took him 10 minutes he pulled uh, a tablecloth off with loads of yeah. fruit oh. there was a lot going wow. on there it's an amazing amazing thing poor you how did he tape. know though how did he know they were gonna die yeah Neighbours at one and again at half five. Simon had this. See, people complain Simon about Simon was all over. BBC, the people complain about <laughs> He wasn't about... a mystic. He'd bloody seen the lunchtime. <laughs> 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 Simon, <laughs> like, that's who everyone. I, I think Helen Daniels has got a pop it tonight. See, people complain <laughs> about the BBC tonight, schedules now, you know, playing everything three or four times. But yeah. in them days, we lived off it twice in four hours. You know, you can impress your friends by being yeah. on, at home for dinner ahead of the game. <laughs> But there's I've got a feeling Helen, Helen Daniels is not looking good here, guys. I've got a, I've got a bad no. feeling about it. <laughs> Selling no. spoilers in yeah. school. Just there, yeah. You know what I think's going to happen tonight? Yeah. That's what it's like, yeah. Mrs. Is Mangle there anything more depressing, no though, than watching both editions of Neighbours in one day? I know I know it can't happen anymore, no. but there was nothing I'll more. I'll tell you the last seven something. Yeah. That was school holidays for me, though. That was my school holidays, was watching Double Neighbours. Fair Six play. Weeks, Double Neighbours. Six Did you see the last one? I thought it was really disappointing. Well, that's that's why it was the last you. one. Yeah, but I just, I thought, I mean, I've not seen it for years, but I thought that I would go back and revisit it because it was one of those moments in television history, and I thought it was really boring. Nothing really happened. Carly Did... was in it, though, right? Yeah, yeah but it was weird. She never really said anything. It was really odd. It was oh, really okay. strange. Paul Robinson and... was it, but Madge, you've been in it, mm-hmm. back in it for years, I think. Mean, no idea. Wasn't there a, the ghost of Madge? There was a ghost in it as well. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, I think Madge. she was in it. I was disappointed the Alessi twins weren't in it. Yeah, oh, they should. Yes. Well, yeah, they they able to pull people to the. To the mm-hmm. uh, I was a big, a big fan of the Udigawas as well. And they sadly never. Yeah, yeah. Last of the Udigawas. in it was. Uh, I just like Bouncer's Dream. Remember Bouncer's Dream? What a classic! What a classic TV moment. CBD oil. CBD well. oil for dogs, it was. Bouncer just what a classic moment when the whole episode was about was the dog's dream. That's tremendous. You wouldn't let any standards, would you? you know what I mean? It was not brave enough. Uh, that was a, That was brave TV. Yeah. We'll do was. a dream about a dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was up there with uh, Bobby Ewing come out the shower and... Classic Dallas. Brookside lesbian kisses and all the rest classic, of it. Again, classic yeah. TV. You know. Just don't get that kind of television no, anymore. No, it's gone. You know, hasn't it? Barry Grant, remember coming back into Brookie and all that? That was amazing. I don't know if you guys ever. I mean, you you'll remember Brookside, mm. but do you ever remember like Brookside after dark where they sold like Belter. the VHSs? So, <laughs> yeah. No, like when no, like when VHSs become really, really obviously cheap. So yeah. they did like specials for them, and they had these like Brookside after dark, and you'd have Jimmy Corkill like swearing in them because yeah, he yeah. could. He but it was just like the worst. It was just the worst example of like swearing. It was, mm. it was swearing. just ridiculous. It was yeah. the. It was look. We can say. Yeah, we can say this. this. yes, and dickheads yeah. like for no reason. It was absolutely brilliant. But how good was like Sizzler and Sizzler? I don't remember that. You don't remember don't Sizzler? Know. He's one of the gangsters. Nobody the remembers gangsters. that. And then Barry Grant come back and like. He was the gangster one, he had to take this. Did you run the Brookside fan club or something? I was something? there, it was all over it. There was a time when Brookie was good. Yeah. And then okay. it, it disappeared again. Fair play, fair play. 
you know. I don't know how we got here, but we're here. I know. <laughs> Remember Jamie Cogill locking his lad in the thing because he was cold yeah. surfing yeah. and yeah. all. Yeah, cold Incredible surf, yeah. time. Trevor Joe, that's under yeah. the, the You just do a podcast where we talk about old stuff. Oh, no, that's what Andy does. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, 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 talking <laughs> of which, I, I have a question for Mr. Andy Bush and his, his radio station, and it is this, uh-huh. and I don't know whether this is something that, that you, Ped, or, or Baz have uh-huh. thought about before, but on Absolute Radio now, they have, is it seven different stations? Seven, yeah, seven. But only, but only seven. four presenters. Yeah, so honest that, to God, it's he, like a round robin. Here's what I don't understand. <laughs> I was in the, the car the other day, and I was I was listening to you, and then I was flicking between absolute nineties and absolute, you know, the the the, the ordinary one. Yeah, you know absolutely I mean. the, 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 reg, the regular, the regular one, right? Yeah, absolutely the, ordinary, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking, now, how on earth do you do a show where you, as the presenters, are doing your links, but then the seven different songs, oh, so you don't clever. know whether you're playing, you know, my Sharona, or you're <laughs> playing Ebenezer Good, or you're playing, yeah. you know, what's? How does that work? Well, it's it's nine different playlists with one show, so there's nine. Well, when I, when we press the button. Mm. Nine different songs wow. from nine different decades go out. But how how do you get the timing right? Because they're all slightly different, or do some go slightly faster and some go slightly slower, so that they all sort of end at the same time? Just they, they they handpick them and match them all up together. Oh, Sixty clever. songs are shorter, so you normally get two in the space that you would normally get ah. one other song. So it's all hand matched by the computer. Wow. But as you rightly say, Dave, from a presenter's perspective, it's mm. a context nightmare because you don't know what songs <laughs> yeah. come off the back of what you're yeah, talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. So you might be talking about, you know, something, and then don't stand so close to me by the police might come off the mm-hmm. back of you talking. It gives an unwanted context, <laughs> shall we say. Yeah, so sure. So it can be a nightmare. And also, you can't say that was, this is, yeah. no way next. Yeah, no. It depends what station you're listening to. So uh, all your usual kind of gubbins of being able to just buy time when you're presenting a radio show are not there anymore. So. But presumably, though, you will be listening to... So are you listening to what you're playing on the regular Absolutely ordinary. We, we on absolutely ordinary. Okay, yeah. you're listening to that, right? Yeah. And then that's your that's your your norm. Yeah, mm. that's it. That's it. So uh yeah, it, when it, when it when it goes well and it goes well most of the time, it's amazing. We've got some amazing computer screen with like hundreds of different songs going out. But when it when it crashes, it absolutely screws up like a it's like an <laughs> F1 car coming off the track. Mm. Everything goes wrong. Wheels come off it. Loads of songs all play at the same time. So when it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's awful. Mm. What a fascinating... Much like Everton. Yeah. Much like Everton. It's at the Much end of like the day, Everton. we've looked behind... What an the, insight. We've looked behind the curtain. What we have? We have. Don't stand so close to me. Could be mm. when you've just finished talking about yeah. weed. People get... Yeah, you know, I mean... Yeah, yeah, that yeah. would have worked. Yeah. You see, would have yeah. filled in. But if it's... something else, you know. Fascinating. Well, do you know what? Whenever something bad happens on the radio, they go through and they get rid of songs about... You know, like dying yeah, or crash. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. There's so many bad things happen in the, in the world that yeah. then they're very context yep. sensitive. Yeah, so they have like a protocol, like, don't they? If you talk about, obviously, you know, it's X amount of years to the day, sad, you know, sadly, we lost Princess Diana, and then you play Crash by the Primitives <laughs> off, off yeah. the back of it. The Primitives, really always, the primitives always get like pulled, it, yeah. don't they? They always do. I feel bad for them. <gasps> what an absolute ordinary uh, record. You know, I know. But this is it. So that's why context is everything, and it can be. A nightmare if you don't know what the song is that follows what you're talking about. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So there you go. There you it's go. Well, the insights. I mean, it's good well, to well, insight. It's good to see it's not just It's not just shows. people talking bollocks on the radio, is <laughs> no. it? There's, there's, there's theory behind <laughs> it. It's mainly that, but... There's an actual plan. It's, it's actual yeah, science. We, it's crazy. You know, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't know anything about that, but... 
Speak for yourself. I I used to when Dave when Dave was on the radio. I used to always wonder how he managed to talk all the way up to the, the to the lyrics of a song. And then when I got into radio, I found out this little tricks. I thought he was a magician, mm. but I found out the <laughs> tricks of it. I thought he knew every single so- song and how far into it the lyrics started. But then there's a count. There's a t- uh, yeah. timer on on. Ah, the... not on my side of the desk. There was. Ah, I, yeah. I, I genuinely, so I didn't. It was all genius. mine. Was all feel. I was very much analog in that respect. <laughs> there you go. Just sensed it. There you go. He knows. He was in it. Um, go back to footy for a minute. Obviously, that was that done. Um, but Frank Lampard on his in his press conference was so, was asked about. Obviously, we seen the Gainer getting sent off at the mm. weekend for uh, not being happy. Um, but talked about pressure in on managers and social media and radio. You know, he referenced that he was listening to the radio. I'm quite sure it was one station. I won't say who it is. Was it absolutely ordinary? It might have been absolutely ordinary. Talking <laughs> about managers, managers getting sacked. Um, <laughs> but do you think, obviously, both in the media, do you think that it is get it has gone a little bit far where people discussing which managers being sacked next? Is uh, is now we've gone too far across the line, so it's almost become a fascination. But that mm. then brings pressure to whoever's doing the job. But I, I can remember whenever a new manager would get a job, you it was almost like you pulled out a a, a line which said, "Got to give him eighteen months, let him get his own players in, let mm. him get his pattern." When now it seems like eighteen weeks is a luxury. So, yeah, have we created a situation where? There's a fascination on people losing their jobs. Yeah, it's not healthy, is it? You know, and and the the turnaround at the moment across every division within English football is absolutely ludicrous. Mm. You know, I think there was a stat whereby we 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 had Les Ferdinand on the official EFL podcast this week. Clang, <laughs> um, and and the stat was something like a quarter of the EFL managers have already been dismissed. You know, at the stage where we are now, which is just it's it's a ludicrous scenario, mm. um, and it's just because obviously everybody wants instant success, and often this is driven by uh, owners of football clubs mm. who, with the greatest respect uh, and a sweeping statement, sometimes they are not the best equipped to know uh, what should and shouldn't be done in terms of the culture of the club and the culture of English football. And they think, right, well, I've put in this many millions of pounds to buy whatever club it is, and therefore, why aren't we sitting in the top six? Yeah. But it is a ridiculous situation where, you know, as you say, you're already sort of earmarking who might be next to go. And, you know, all we need is is you know, a, a few a few uh, losses on the bounce and suddenly Lampard's name will get mentioned as being in trouble or so and so will be in trouble. And then sure enough, they're they're gone. Um, it, it, it must be a very difficult situation to work under. Andy? Yeah, well, I mean, I think in society in general, we're obsessed with people getting sacked, whether it's politics or or football or even, you know, if you're a, you're a celebrity and the pastor said something now that people don't agree with, then they there's a pile mm. on, they try and get you, you, you sacked or, mm. or, or chucked out of whatever you're doing. So that, I think you're right, Baz. There is like, a, I think there is like a, an obsession with getting people out of jobs and having vindication and all that kind of stuff. And mm. I, I have to say, respect to... Uh, Forest, because I 100% thought they were going to sack him. Oh, so did I. I thought, and I they thought turned around and gave him five years, which is great because you know he's a great manager. Why don't keep? You can't just keep firing managers. Mm. That's not what the answer. That's not the answer to the problem, is it? We know that better than anyone. Yeah, we had this conversation yesterday, me and Ped, and 
is that, and my personal view is that it's far too easy to blame the manager. <laughs> you know, and, and Everton have done that regularly, and since Machiri took over, especially. Um, the minute results don't start going your way, it, it's, you know, and it, I just feel like sometimes these players at these clubs just get off scot free. You know, they, yeah. they, they, someone says something they don't really like, so. Or your mate's getting dropped, and it's all of a sudden this fella doesn't know what he's on about, and they, they, they drop the the standards. Then the new fella will come and he start winning. Oh, mm. this fella's the best in the world, mm. and then they don't like him because he, he drops one of them or whatever, and then it starts again. And it, I know it's easier to get rid of one fella than it is to get rid of twenty, but you have to surely allow people to get on with the job. I'm not sure. If, listen, if you're getting beat five nil every single week. You can't, you know, you can't stay cangy because at some stage you've got to say, well, it's not really working, mate, is it? You, you, the manager, we're getting battered every single week. There doesn't seem to be any improvement. I understand there's a need at times to, to change your manager, but I just feel like the media has cranked that right up. You know, when I think back to the last 10 years of Everton managers, so i am still got the end of David Moyes' time. Moyes had rocky spells as Everton manager, Mm-hmm. Everybody piled on him because he couldn't win at a top four club away, and yet we beat most of them at home under him. See, I, I, hang on, let me just finish. Then Martinez had two terrible seasons and mm-hmm. survived. Uh, okay, got when at the end, sorry, of, the, of his second bad season, his third season, and yet at that time period, it's got shorter, 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 shorter. Now in the last, yeah, but I do think there's a couple of reasons for it. One being that the financial disparity between the Premier League and the Championship is just ridiculous. Like, it's far too big. And therefore, managers in the Championship are under so much pressure to get into the Premier League. And yeah, the managers land, the managers in the Premier League are under ridiculous pressure. Because if you, if you... If Forest do fall out of the, the Premier League this season, financially, they 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 could be ruined. Yeah, they're in trouble. And that, yeah. that, that shouldn't happen. Mm. And it, sh- it shouldn't be the it same shouldn't way. shouldn't have been allowed to spend and the, money. But the other side of it is, though, and I think this is where the football clubs fail massively, is they don't... They don't... Oh, uh, I don't think they open up themselves enough for the media and then the media start poking holes in everything they do mm. because they don't have the answers to the questions they ask. I think football clubs are far too scared of the media and this is a media, by the way, that pays their bills. It's kept Everton afloat for the last 25 years. Mm. So, And, and therefore... Others. Ev- and others. Yeah, but I don't care about others. Yeah. <laughs> I always say this when people CBD say I don't real? care about other football yeah, clubs yeah. I care about my football club mm. it's kept Everton going for 25 years yeah, before yeah. Mishiri coming mm. and yet Everton have this like closed door policy oh don't don't look behind the curtain and it's like the reason Martin stayed for the for two extra years was because Martin was so good with the media that everyone liked him mm. and therefore he created this illusion that he was a brilliant guy, a brilliant manager, and no one wanted to see him sacked. Everyone in the media really liked him. He was. You see this with people. That's why. That's why. Whether you think Harry Redknapp's a good manager or not, why he stuck around for so long is because the media loved great, him. He him. was great. He was good. He is a great fella. Exactly though, but, mm. but he showed that, yeah, and he yeah. had like a, he'd always open the door when you know transfer deadline day. And football clubs are terrified of the media yeah, and I think that's their fault mm. so they bring on that scrutiny which shouldn't happen because if you go somewhere like America the way they t- we've seen it first hand they have an open door policy yeah. they're like you pay our bill well, you it's, can get in anyone, fact it you? comes from the league the mm. league are like these people pay our bills mm. you you speak to them and if you don't we find you and yet we mm. have this thing in this country where if anyone asks Klopp Snobbery, the wrong yeah. question mm. it's how dare you and it's like shut up you make for us, not mm. the other way around, mate. Yeah, and yeah. I think that has to change. Mm. And and if it do, if it did, 
if you started giving the media a lot more access, the media would back off all that style of stuff. I, personally, I think because they have other because they have loads about. to talk about. Mm. Um, it's like with the, the Arteta thing with the, uh, the 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 Arsenal documentary on on Amazon. For those few weeks that it was on, the media had loads to talk about in terms of Arteta because they suddenly and they'd relate to things from the year before and go, "Sorry, on the documentary talking about this." And even though it was a year old, they had something where they could go it was a reference point. Man. Yeah, and there's not enough of that because. Mm. Managers like mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about that. Like, but they're also you the, should have to talk the about the football it. club protect them, don't they? We've yeah, and they shouldn't. Be... We, we were in America. Sorry, Dave, you finished. Sorry, you can go back in. We were in America, and uh, we've seen the difference in what we do here, where it's really difficult to get to speak to people. And what you find mm-hmm. is the people themselves want to talk. The people themselves want to come and talk to us. Mm-hmm. Yet the football club tries to keep them away. And when we went to America, we were on different. We were in a different continent, and the rules are different. Mm-hmm. And in America, certainly the, the the press guys we spoke to were like, come, speak to whoever you want, yeah. go wherever you want, get as much mm. information out there as what you want. And yeah, this country for me is miles behind yeah, in it, terms of that. Well, that you guys cool. are in the media, what do you think? I, 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 I wanted to jump in and just, in terms of, I don't know, a lot of attention is put on managers. And yep. obviously they talk about players playing for a certain manager. They talk about players not playing for a certain manager. Has yep. he lost the dressing room, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And aside's uh, form and fortune can fluctuate hugely. However, ultimately, the question of win, lose or draw on a Saturday afternoon or a bloody Sunday at seven o'clock or whatever <laughs> is ultimately down to that squad of players, right? And the application that they put in. Because the manager and the coaching staff can only do so much. And once they cross that line, then it's up to them. Now, herein lies the big problem in modern-day football, is the fact that there's no real accountability and no real responsibility. And I know that that's a huge sweeping statement, and it's something that I do quite a lot. But this is a problem with the modern-day footballer, is that when you're sitting on that salary and you're thinking, well, do you know what? I get it anyway, right? Whether Whether he's the manager next week or the week after that or whatever, I'm only a year into a four-year deal mm-hmm. and I'm on yeah. 80 grand a week or whatever it is or I'm on 180 grand a week or whatever because quite frankly, he'll probably disappear and I'll get somebody else. I might play, I might not. Who cares? I still get paid, you know, and also even if I leave this club, because of who I am, I'll get picked up by somebody else and I'll probably double my money. So why do I give a fuck, really? That's the thing. We had two, yeah. we had the two boxers in last week who both won at the weekend. Jazz at Everton who became world champion mm. um, and Peter McGrail won as well. But they were saying things and it, it, it just come up in the conversation and it was like, we we get injured. We don't get paid. That's it. Absolutely. We, we can't fight. We can't. And they were like, footballers, yeah. get injuries. And you, get, you know, we get paid for four years yeah. and if you're like, Legs a bit yeah, tight here, Gaffer. Have you seen him at Tolson? Seen it with them. It's just like you're describing Jack Rodwell in the Sunderland tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just I sat you... on the, the treatment bench <laughs> taking a wage packet. Yeah, exactly. No, that's it. I mean, things. I think do, things do have to change from that. We've seen it in, I think there was a, there was a documentary about, about uh, Meatball Molly as well. Mm. And she was into a, doc, she was into, uh, she had like a four-fight contract and she was on the last one. And she knew she didn't win it. She be she be out of USC, the yeah, highest yeah, place, yeah, and she yeah. she won it, and she put everything into it. And these right footballers, you know, footballers have these these cast iron contracts, mm. which you write, and they're not gonna, you know, some weeks they'll be like, well, I, I don't really feel like it, or or whatever, and 
I know that's not always... I know if they had to play, that wouldn't always be the answer because you don't actually, exactly know what's going on with footballers. Mm. But it does make it really far too easy for them. I don't like this fella. I'll just sit it out and wait for the next fella. Yeah. And suddenly what you get is a situation, I think, which Everton have already experienced, by the way, which is where... Because you have so many different managers, and I think this must happen in the championship as well, massively. You have so many different managers with so many different players that how can a manager ever go in and enforce his will on a mm. set of players that hardly any of them are his players? Mm. Yeah, I think, I think Frank Lampard, what's, what's been good with Frank is, I think he's got a set of players in really quickly or, or who are his players. and he, I think he did a podcast this week with Michael Calvin and he said it was dead important I got a couple of leaders in the dressing room, Tarkowski and Connor Cody, because mm. they lay, he didn't, I don't think he actually said this, but paraphrasing, like, they lay down the law essentially for yeah. everybody yeah. else. And, and they're Franks, man. And that's and, what and Everton sorry, And sorry to jump in, but they they are very much the exception to what I'm saying before. Oh, no, no, there no. are those characters, yeah. and when you get those, and when you get those good characters, they're worth their weight in gold, yeah. and I think in Connor Cody and in Tarkowski, you know, you have those sort of rocks in the dressing room, but unfortunately there's not enough of them and there's too many people, in my opinion, and you were talking about Forrest before, for example, who've signed so many players that should they go down, which is a possibility, I don't want them to, but they could go down. They could potentially face financial ruin because of the gamble financially that they have made in order to try and sustain their position in the Premier League. But it's the fact that the club could be facing ruin, the manager could be out on his ass. yet these players have still got another three years to remain on their contract. So, do you know what? I don't care whether we're playing whoever, because yeah. I still get paid. That's exactly what But then we've got like, situations, let me just say, yeah. we've got situations where Forrest have paid 40 million quid for Morgan Gibbs-White, and, and God knows what kind of contract they've offered them. Mm. And it's like, that's that's... That, has to, start, no, they've, that they've, has to stop. Yeah, they've that has to stop. been ridiculous. And there's been no uh, thought process behind 15 of Forest surprise this yeah. summer that there just hasn't um, well I know we're coming towards the end now, but obviously we've got we've talked about Newcastle I think we, we all agree it's a, a very tricky game for Everton um, but Saturday yeah. is Crystal Palace at home which is again another difficult Huge. game they're a, they're a big physical side Patrick Vieira has got we know what mm. they're like you know the the famous Goodison Knight as it's become we saw them at close quarters mm. they went 2-0 up Andy, you'll be there, like you just said. Um, this is a game that Everton have got to win, isn't it? Regardless of what happens at St. James's Park, Saturday surely is a game that we've got to be looking to take all the points from. Well, yeah, I mean, as Dave said earlier on, I think we're going to lose to, to Newcastle as we normally do. At narrowly, so, I think, by the way. Na- narrowly. narrowly, but narrowly. But, you know, then you're looking at, it's all narrative, isn't it? So mm. suddenly it's, well, would that be three losses on the trot? Yeah. And then suddenly uh, you've got a bit of a, a, a nosedive going on and you know Frank's the one that suddenly gets shifted under the spotlight instead of, of someone else so uh yeah I think it'll be that game where we, we kind of get ourselves back on track I always fancy us at Goodison and yeah. maybe be looking for a bit of a reaction to you know not really kind of that second half against Spurs where they just it didn't really happen mm. for them at all but um yeah it'd be interesting I agree with what you're saying about Calvert-Lewin from earlier on as well just in terms of the, the camera kept cutting to him sat there before he came on and just I don't know it just didn't look like he was like he fancied it in a kind mm. of strange way. So be, I don't know whether he'll get more game time uh, at the weekend, but be interesting to see how that develops as well. So I think we'll learn a lot about, I, I don't know about you guys, but I don't really feel like I, I know where we're at at the moment. I can't quite tell. And only through getting more games under our belt, we're going to see what kind of team this is. Uh, it's encouraging, but like, I think the more we see of them, the more we'll know about it. And, and Palace is the perfect kind of game to kick on to a little spell where there's a few teams on the trot that we, we need to, if, if we're going to go back to my theory from earlier on about, 
staying within touching distance of the bigger teams, but you know, bravely losing and then trying to clean up on the smaller teams. Then mm. this is the this is the beginning of a little sequence of teams that we need to be collecting points so that we can happily finish mid table and not have to worry about it. Dave, we've got four games after Newcastle. Let uh, Palace at home, Fulham away, Leicester home, Bournemouth away. And someone asked us on a on one of the other shows we did, what's an acceptable points total for for when we break for the World Cup? Evan, they're on ten, two points from trouble mm. and four, five points from from Europe. If that's the scale, mm. but obviously for Everton, if Everton could get maybe two wins and two draws out of those twelve points and get eight to eight, I was going to say minimum decent, of five points for me. Is it? Yeah, I was going to yeah. say minimum minimum of five points for me over those over those games that you've mentioned. Um, yeah, being a, a necessity rather than a desire. Um, yeah, we, we've got to because otherwise, you know, you you slip very quickly. Yeah, you know, and your 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 league position changes as much as it goes up quickly. It also comes down very quickly as well. Mm. And you know, while you know you're sitting there in eleventh or twelfth, and everything looks kind of respectable and rosy, and then before you know it, you know, you're 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 looking over your shoulder again, as mm. we know to our you know fear last season. Yeah. And we cannot let that happen, and, and we've got to try and make sure that we are in charge of our own destiny in so much as not allowing ourselves to get sucked that far down like we did last season where it was really, really scary. Ironically, it was a Palace game as well, you know, that that, that was the turning point. But um, we've got to put these games away. And while I don't think that we get anything at St. James's tomorrow, I think it'll be a good game, but I don't think mm. we get anything there. I think we narrowly lose that. But Palace, we have to we have to win um, to set ourselves up for Fulham away, which I also think we win if we beat Palace. Okay, Pad, just finally, then yeah, four I think, games. I think we have to get around eighteen points to be to be on about eighteen points when the break comes, um, and and we've got to. There has to be a shift in terms of when we do play the Palaces, the Leicesters. Um, Fulham's of the mm. world. There has to be a shift where you can noticeably see the difference going forward. I appreciate Spurs away isn't always going to be the great example of your uh, how how good you are attacking, but I think that has to come out. Although, because if it doesn't, genuinely we are in trouble. I know mm. people are sort of very happy with the situation at the moment in in one way mm. in in respects of. We look better, but if you can't put the ball in the net, yeah. then you've got problems. Bite you, isn't it? You've got problems. You. So, yeah. it, Newcastle will be yeah. a difficult game. Mm. Um, I think we can. They're not get, Man City, though. Are no, they? I think we can get something. And yeah. the, but Palace then has to has to realistically be three points. Mm. Uh, but it just feels like yeah. every game is going to be a little bit of a slog, mm. and that's where I think the frustration comes from. Is that you can you look at every game and you don't think. That's a given, that's a given, that's yeah. a given. And as I said, if we can get maybe up to like 18 points while we go for the break, then then I think everything will look a little bit respectable. We get back, have more players fit, and then we've got the January transfer window where hopefully we do some business. Because if we don't, then, we could. then we've gonna be we've, we've made the mess of it, personally. Absolutely. Right, that's it for us. Uh, big thanks again to the lads. Uh, any questions you've got for next week's pod? random ones put them in and we'll take them out and use them for next week as well but a big thanks to the lads big thanks for watching see you later